Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is already. We are trucking along in time, even though we feel like we all we have is time. And it is the 7th of April. And I almost said the 7th of March because it actually doesn't matter right now, other than the fact that we are stuck at home. But it's amazing how time just feels so different, how the stress of getting up and running every day is gone, and how we're dealing with that, what we're doing with our time. And my son keeps saying this over and over again. I keep feeling like the days are going by really quickly. And yesterday, um, I know it was Monday and it was time to do the show, and I was really excited that I was going to do the show. And I woke up to a really heavy rainstorm that we already knew was coming. I mean, I, I look forward to rain, so when I know it's coming, I literally plan around it because it doesn't rain here very much. So when it does rain, it's really kind of exciting. In that, and because I'm from Chicago, the smell of it, the way the lights feel in the house, the whole nine yards. And yesterday when I woke up, the wind was blowing so hard that it was coming like towards the house, towards the front of the house. Usually it comes from the side, like from the north, but this was coming from the west, and it was coming towards the house so hard that the rain went through the door. You know how doors have those little cracks in the sides? It went through the doors and created a puddle in the living room. So here I'm I'm looking at this. I'm like, oh, my gosh, i got to get a towel, and i got to soak up that water because my foot went in it, and it was just completely wet. I I couldn't see it because it was so dark. But then what happened was I came down, and I I normally, you know, I'll put on my iPad the news on just to catch up with what's going on with this whole coronavirus. And I come in, and I do that, and I put on this tape that Maureen Cook put in about, you know, I can't remember her name now. I can't believe it. But the woman who had cancer and she thought her way out of it and um, about illness because I wanted to see that right before I did the show. And in the middle of that, it stopped. The, the TV stopped. The iPad stopped. Everything stopped. I couldn't even get a text out to tell somebody I cannot do the show. And I thought, well, I guess. I, oh, Anita Morjam, thank Morjani, thank you, Francis. Thank God for chat. So she has done TED Talks and she's talked a lot about her experience. So I was like just wanting to take notes and and I was just so excited about the relationship because there's a lot of things Christ told me about the relationship between how we think and why do we get the actual illnesses that we get. So I, in between that and, and, you know, finding all this out, uh, Liam, who was one of the people who sent the question on um, Friday, was relating it to could it be low self-esteem, low self-worth, my diet, and it got him to thinking about a lot of things. And then I got another one about immunity and a constant sore throat and headaches. 
So I thought, you know, well, why did you need that? And why did you need that? Why wasn't it something else? Why don't I get that? Why do I get something else maybe? And I I was always thinking that even prior to, um, you know, the letters, but I've talked about it in the show before. So yesterday, I guess I wasn't ready to have the show, or it might have happened, because I got everything back at like 538 But I thought, oh, no, that's not enough time to talk about this. It's an important topic. But as the day went on, every message that I got all day long, just however it got to me, was what is it that we fear? Because we have the right fear, if there is a right fear. Nobody wants to get sick. I never met anyone who said, oh, I'd sure like to have cancer. Or I would really like to have, what in Liam's case, eczema. Or I'd really like to have a headache all the time. I never met anyone who said that. But somewhere inside the human being, the human body. Why does our body choose certain things to have? Like, why would your face get covered with eczema? Or why would your immune system be down and allow your body to catch anything that walks by? Because we have the right fear. Nobody wants it but we have the wrong approach to that fear. Because we have a choice to face the fear or to succumb to it. When we walk around all day saying, I would be fine except if this happens or if that happens, and then we carry a lot of worry. A lot of worry about what's going to happen, who we're going to be with, why we're going to get that job, and if we are, and and, and all these if, if, if thoughts that we're constantly putting all our energy towards. Pleats us. Every purpose, every purpose has a challenge to come with it. Not every challenge has a purpose. Every purpose has a challenge. So whatever we're looking for in life, our body responds to giving us. Now, at first I thought this show would be about, oh, nobody wants to get cancer. How could you think your way out of it? How could you also think your way out of an immune disease? How could you think your way out of something that happens to your face or your body? And I thought, well, a lot of times until it gets there, we don't have a red flag as to what we're thinking to bring that on. But once we get it, whatever it is, the first question I've ever asked myself till this day is why this? I remember times prior to even seeing Christ, and then it happened afterwards, but I was more conscious of it. I was 
in the early stages of being a single mom. And I remember being really tired. I was working two jobs. I felt like I was working eight days a week. The, the, the weeks just never stopped because I, I never took a day off. And I got meningitis. I looked like I look now. I have as much energy as I had now until I actually got it. I was working in Pasadena for five days a week and going down to Laguna Beach for the two remaining days. And sometimes I'd take off a day from one job to work the other job so my brother could have a day off. But it never occurred to me to take a day off. And I remember saying to my mother, I'm so tired that I just want to sleep. I don't want to die. I just want to sleep and not wake up because I'm just so tired. I don't know what more I could do. And everything I do make, I'm doing all this work to take the money I make and, and pay all this stuff with it. So I'm, not, I'm just spinning my wheels. So I recognized that that was happening. And I distinctively remember different illnesses prior to to getting the meningitis that I could have had that would give me that sleep. I thought, oh, man, cancer. But then I thought, well, I don't really need cancer. No, that's not what I want. And I remember saying to myself, I just want something where I could sleep. I just needed to sleep. That month, I got hit by a car. Same month I said that to my mom. It was in March. It was before my birthday. I got hit by a car. I thought I'd be out of work for three days. After I got hit by the car and been to the hospital and come back home and the whole nine yards, I was calling all my clients, telling them I would be there. I'm I'm sorry I missed my appointment. Um, this was why I got hit by a car. And they're like, ah, oh! and I wasn't even faced by the fact that I got hit by a car because I was in my brain okay. And I told them that I would reschedule for two to three days. And some of them cautioned me from doing so. But I said, well, let's tentatively schedule and if I can't make it. So I created a whole other job for myself to call all these people back. And I ended up home for two weeks. Two weeks, which was unheard of at the time. And I had a headache that wouldn't quit. And as if that wasn't enough of a wake-up call. I limped for a year almost when I'd first get up to walk because my hip where I got hit hurt. And it just kind of wasn't aligned. I had a big sack on the side of my leg, like a blood sack, where I got actually hit. Just was a matter of time for it to go away. But it took way longer than I thought it should. So from March until September of that year, I went back to the treadmill because I didn't know I had any other choices. Then I started feeling this weird feeling like something was wrong because I had this like underlining fever 
that I couldn't get rid of. But it wasn't like so high that it would catch your attention, but it was different for my body to experience the fever. And then one night I was asleep and I woke up because I felt like something was really wrong inside my body. I felt it. It was just, I can't describe the feeling. It was just that I knew something foreign was there and it was doing some crazy work, whatever it was. I felt like my body was, um, not my actual body, but my, my brain part of my body was lifting me out of my body, was pulling me. And it was maybe 4 o'clock in the morning, and I thought to myself, oh, my God, who will take care of my son? And I wanted to call 911, but I thought, let me just try to make it to the morning when he wakes up and I wake up, and maybe things will be different. But I knew something was so wrong that, I mean, I only weigh like, I don't even know how much I weigh, probably a little bit less than 120 pounds. And I'm not a big person, but I got up and I took four Advil because I thought that would bring me down to where I needed to be to make it to that morning. And I thought, well, you know, my friend, she gets those migraines and I got to go to her in the morning and get one of those pills that are for migraines because, you know, I have to take care of my son. My daughter was on, in Chicago with her dad. And um, he had to go to this program for um, his hearing at the time. And I made it to the morning. I dropped him off. I went to my friend and got one of her pills. And then I took myself to the doctor. And I'm waiting in the office. My son's in that class for two hours. I waited in the, in the um, waiting room the whole time. And I realized I have to go and pick up my son. And I had to leave. So I wrote a note to the doctor and said, I have a low-grade fever and a stiff neck. I couldn't, put my, I couldn't put my head forward. So I, I left her that note, and I put my phone number underneath it as though they didn't have it, but that's all I could think of. And I left the note, and I left to go pick up my son. When I went to go pick up my son, driving on the freeway, and I got a call from the doctor. And for those of you who have heard this story, because I know there's a ton of new listeners, but for those of you who heard this story, I'm sorry (laughs) that you have to hear it again. But it was a very profound learning and teaching as a result of it. Because here I am driving down the freeway, And I get a call from my doctor. And she said to me, Nadia, how are you feeling? I said, exactly like what I wrote you. I have a low-grade fever. I can't move my head down. I have a stiff neck from the back. And she said to me, you need to go drop your son off somewhere where he can stay overnight. And you need to take yourself to the hospital I am going to call them before you get there. Go. Go through the emergency. So I go, um, oh, and she did say, I believe you have meningitis. And I didn't know what meningitis was yet. 
in my lifetime, never ran into it, never even really heard of it because it wasn't relevant. And I, I get off the phone with her and I call my sister. This is back when we can talk on our cell phones while we drive. And I called her and it was also when Google first started. And I, I told my sister, can you please, I called her and she's in Chicago, can you please look up meningitis and tell me what it is? So we get off the phone, she calls me back and she swears. She's like, oh, blank, you're you're deep trouble. And I thought, really? And she goes, yeah, people who get this die. I thought, well, I don't feel like I'm going to die. And she goes, yeah, well, nobody does. So I thought, wow, okay. I go and drop off my son. I call, at the time he was my ex-husband, my ex-husband, and I say, I'm in trouble. I know you're in Chicago, but I'm on my way to taking myself to the hospital, and this is what they think I have. He calls me back as well. He called a friend of his that was a doctor, calls me back, and he's crying on the phone. And he immediately makes arrangements to come back. I get to the hospital. They put me in a room with a mask on their face. And they tell me I have to do a spinal and they do a a thing. And I heard the doctors talking, saying, oh, it looks clear. She looks good. Yeah, she looks like, and I could hear them talking about how I look and all this stuff and how healthy and whatever. And I thought, well, if I were that healthy, I would not be laying here in a ball freezing while they're pulling fluid out of my back. It took them about 45 minutes. They come back and they asked me how I felt. And I said, I, I feel, you know, for everything that's going on, okay. And they said there was nothing they could do for me that I need to go back home, but I have viral meningitis. Now, there's bacterial, which I think works its way through you differently, but they can give you an antibiotic. But with the viral, there was a higher chance you know, not of certain death, that you would make it. So had some friends there who finally went to go meet me. They took me home, and they wanted to stay with me overnight just in case I would convulse or whatever the doctors told me. And I knew I just wanted to be alone. And I knew I wasn't going to die. I knew exactly why that was happening to me. And a part of me resolved, like accepted that because I knew that I needed it. I had been asking for it. I didn't know it was going to come to me that way. But do you remember how I would tell my mom I wanted to sleep all the time? I was sleeping 18 plus hours a day for months, kind of like this time out that we all have now because of of what we've been doing to our world in some ways, all that's gone. All of my two jobs, we sold the pizza shop. I had to quit my job because I couldn't go back to work. And I was home. 
took me three to four months from September until towards the end of December, I took my kids and went to Chicago and stayed with my parents for two weeks. Because I had the energy at least to do that by then. But it took me seven full months to be ready to go back to work. I knew somehow in my brain that I asked for that. It was my way of getting back to myself. And I did. And in that time, I thought to myself, oh, I needed that breather. I need now to plan better how I want my life to go. So I kind of had a round one with what we're going through now, this time. Purpose has a challenge. So whatever it was I needed, that was the challenge that presented itself for me to pay attention to myself. And it was enough of a distraction that it made it look like something else. But this is how it got me there. Some people it's the loss of a job. Some people it's an illness that focuses on you where you have to take care of yourself. And sometimes we think it's an avalanche and then this happened and then that happened. Yeah, because that is what it takes you out of your head so much that you can actually think clearly. I don't know, in, in all honesty, I don't know if, you know, you could walk up to someone and heal them yourself because you don't know what's going on in them. But I do know that deep down inside of us, we all have a resting place with what we end up having. It forces us to take care of ourselves. It's like disease, but it's the dis-ease of who we are. I normally don't look things up for shows, you know, because Christ just talks. And he talks all day long. But the energy exchange we have with ourselves is the conversation for today about this illness about any illness. The question on Friday was, this past year I had health issues with my immunity and constant sore throat and headaches. I went to the doctor so many times, but it didn't help. Because he doesn't know why you needed this. I also moved and started a new job. I'm very happy with the move and the job, but I was a little bit overworked and my health issues got worse. So you were rejecting being overworked. My immune system was so low that after a simple shower, I would get a sore throat. So you saw yourself as weak and fragile and not able to stand up to just wanting to work a normal amount of time. 
But I was scared to take a break from the job because I was new and my contract wasn't permanent. You felt like you have to prove yourself beyond what you wanted to do. When corona started, I thought to myself, wow, I can sleep now and work out. So the illness of our world is what came to help you first. But then the earthquake happened and I went out on, I went out on the cold. It was a stressful situation and I got asthma now. So now you have something to deal with the earthquake. Not only was there an earthquake, you, you had to have your own earthquake. I didn't have asthma for years. I feel scared because I love being active. I have so many plans about working out home and later on in the gym. I just don't know what to think or feel. The positive that I feel is that this is some kind of situations that make me closer to God, always which I feel I did need. Do you have any advice for me? There's something about accepting a day, one day at a time. When we start thinking of, oh, my God, I'm never going to stop working. Oh, my God, I'm never going to catch up and rest. Oh, my God, I can't deal with all these problems. And we start that tape in our head. Oh, I, I, I want to do this, but I just can't get started. Oh, I, I, I need to do that, but I just don't feel like it. That feeling of overwhelm and overworked. And our health issues get worse because what they're doing is they're sounding an alarm. But in here, she also knew that I think that these situations are to make me closer to God. She got it. We understand way more than we ever think we could or would. Ever. Ever it is we have, I have gone to visit many people in hospitals in this course of time. Sometimes people ask me to go visit family members that I didn't even know, and sometimes I went to see people I did know. Even people who, well, not a lot, but two of them died soon after I saw them. Three, actually. You start to lose count. But what happened was they were the calmest people I'd ever been with because they knew not only that it was their time, but they accepted that. They started to see the cycle of life. They started to accept that they were done here. They would talk in ways that surprised even them. So this show isn't about curing my illness by thinking positive or not, standing why whatever it is we have is what we have. Out of all the, the list of illnesses, why is that one the one that I need? Because even though they sent me home and said, if you convulse and if this happens and that happens, you need to come back. Why? So I could die there. <laughs> but I knew I wasn't going to. I knew it was a wake-up call, not an end game. And I laid on that couch 
And for some reason, I had a tub of pretzels next to me, and I needed the salt, and I kept eating them in my sleep while I was sleeping. Like, I just remember reaching in and eating those darn pretzels, and I was by myself. And, yeah, it took me down for a few months, but I will never stop saying those were the most enriched, beautiful months of my life because I was forced to let go of the stuff that drove me, that made me do the work I did. Didn't mean I didn't work on the other end of it. It just meant I understood that I needed to understand why I was doing what I was doing instead of just reacting out of fear. Fear that I wasn't going to feed my family. It all goes back to us, what we think we need, even though it's hard to admit it, to relieve us of stresses that we feel, that we feel are bigger than we are and overwhelm us. I just I want to thank you guys for this show, for your questions. I hope it kind of gives you some insight. I will see you guys tomorrow on Relationship Wednesday. Have a great Tuesday. Please take care and be safe. I love you guys. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.